listening to the weekly podcast of Bethel Bible Church and Pastor Mark Kirkendall. We're so glad you've joined us today. And as always, you can find more information about the church at our website, BethelBible.com. You can find us on Facebook and even follow us on Twitter at Bethel Bible. Let's join Sunday service now. And it kicks off a special time of year, a special season called Advent. In fact, we read the great words from Luke chapter 2, verse 10, that you have all probably heard where it says, And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. And Advent simply means coming or arrival. And it is that time every year that we take several weeks to look forward to and anticipate the arrival of God's Son as a baby born in a manger. And Advent is a kind of Christian tradition of preparing us for that great time of celebration. What we try to do every year, and I'm excited about this one, is we want to provide something for you in your home. Uh, Luke Bilberry, our downtown family director, has put these books together uh, for us. They will follow what you're going to also see today. And you simply take these, and it's meant to be on a Sunday night or when you can gather your family. Uh, You could build an Advent wreath just like this one, or simply you could have a candle you light. Helps keep kids' attention. Fire burning does that. Uh, But it's a time for you to gather your family in anticipation of the coming of the Christ child. And so we hope that you'll pick up a book on the back. We've got several of them. We've got plenty of copies. So take one of those for your family. So what happens, this idea of Advent, we find ourselves in between a lot of different things. First and foremost, we find ourselves in between the two Advents, the two comings of Christ. We believe that the first Advent has already happened, that Jesus was born thousands of years ago in a manger in Bethlehem. But we also believe that he is going to come again. And he is going to come again as the king. He has been that promised Messiah. He will now come as the king to call his bride home. And we sit in between these two advents or these two comings of Jesus. But you know, this time of year, we also find ourselves in between two holidays. We have Thanksgiving and we're looking forward to Christmas. During Thanksgiving, traditionally, you gather your family and your friends around a table And you enjoy a meal together. But then in just a few weeks, we'll be celebrating another holiday that we call Christmas. That holiday comes with many traditions of gift exchanges. But it also, a lot of times, revolves around the family coming together once again for a family meal. So, in fact, we find ourselves in between two Advents. We also find ourselves in between two family meals. The idea of a family meal... It is not something new. In fact, it is probably one of the most ancient activities that we can find. When you look through the passages of Scripture, you get to Leviticus 23 where God says, You shall take on the first day the fruit of the splendid trees, branches of palm trees, the boughs of leafy trees, willows of the brook, and you shall rejoice before the Lord your God for seven days. And you think you've had enough of your family. I mean, for seven days, they were to come together and they were to break bread and they were to celebrate around a family meal. In fact, you could look all throughout 
the Old Testament, you would see that in Israel's calendar, there were seven holidays that amounted to about 30 days of eating and meals and parties every year. So the idea of the family and friends coming together to have a meal such as Thanksgiving and Christmas actually have their beginning with God himself. You flip to the New Testament, you would read about a meal in Mary and Martha's house. You would read about Jesus and his disciples gathering together for the Passover meal. And so our Advent series this year, we're going to do something a little different. What we're going to do, we are going to look at four different meals that Jesus shared with people. We're going to actually gather around the table. We're going to gather around the table and look deeply into the life of Jesus and those that he shared a meal with and how they were changed by that time with him. So this morning, I want to invite you to gather around in Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19. And kids, I'm going to need your help today because this is a story that you're probably very familiar with and you're going to need to make sure I don't confuse some stories because sometimes that happens. You get old and, and you forget things and you kind of mash things together. So we're going to look at the very familiar story of Jesus sharing a meal with Zacchaeus. And you're thinking, I thought this was Advent talking about Jesus in the manger. It is. And Zacchaeus is all about that. The story of Zacchaeus is probably one we've all heard. Even if you didn't grow up in church, you probably are somewhat familiar with this story. In fact, it probably could have been one of the first songs that you ever learned where Zacchaeus was a wee little man and a wee little man was he. He climbed up in the sycamore tree for the Lord he wanted to see. And as the Savior passed that way, he looked up in the tree and he said... Zacchaeus, you come down, for I'm going to your house today. See, Drew, that's why I don't lead. But it's, it's a story that, that we hear in song, and it's one of Jesus coming to meet this man Zacchaeus. And so we're going to look at Zacchaeus this morning and how this story actually relates to Advent and the coming of Jesus. But here's the thing. The Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John... Uh, were written at least 30 years after Jesus' death, and some even further along. And some were people that walked with Jesus, and they knew him, and then others went around like Luke, and they were gathering information that they wanted people to remember and to pass on about who this Jesus was and what he had done. And every author, every gospel author, has a certain thing they want to highlight, that they want to make sure that we walk away with. And Luke... He is the only gospel author that records this story of Zacchaeus. And it is one that is very familiar, but for us to understand, for us to kind of take it beyond a children's song, we need to understand a couple of things. One, what's Luke's message? Luke's message is this, is that the Son of Man has come. You could boil all of Luke down. What is Luke about? It's about the Son of Man has come. In fact, he's the most gospel gospel that we have. The second thing is the story of Zacchaeus is the climax of Jesus' teaching. It's the last personal encounter that Jesus has before he begins his triumphal entry into Jerusalem where he will eventually walk that hill of Golgotha to lay his life down. It's the last personal encounter. 
The third thing that will help us with this story is that Luke places it strategically in a certain place. He's going to place this story with the rich young ruler. Remember the one that looked at all the things that he had and he walked away sad. And it's that phrase that we've heard that it's a rich man for him to inherit eternal life. It's easier for a camel to pass through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to inherit eternal life. And that's a story that precedes Zacchaeus. There's another one that helps us understand this is that where Jesus heals the beggar. So right on the heels of Jesus healing the beggar, the blind beggar, and right on the heels of Jesus talking to the rich young ruler, we get the story of Zacchaeus. So what do these two stories, how do they help us understand Zacchaeus? And what do they have to do with Advent? Well, let's go to Luke chapter 19. We're going to look at the first 10 verses. Man, we haven't done this in a while, but let's stand and let's read this passage together. I'll read the first 10 verses. It says, He entered Jericho and was passing through. And behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and was rich. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was, but not on account of the crowd. He could not because he was small in stature. So he ran ahead and he climbed up into the sycamore tree to see him, for he was about to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and he said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. So he hurried and he came down and he received him joyfully. When they saw it, they all grumbled, and he had gone into the be a guest of the man who was a sinner. And Zacchaeus stood, and he said to the Lord, Behold, the Lord, the, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I restore it fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house, since he is also a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save the lost. May God bless the reading and the teaching of His Word this morning. You may be seated. So Jesus is on His way to Jerusalem to begin His ascent to the cross. And He passes through this city of Jericho. Jericho, that city that thousands of years later, the children of Israel gathered around. And and God brought down the walls of that city by the shouts of His people and their trumpets. And in Jericho, we read this man is there named Zacchaeus. And Zacchaeus is a chief tax collector. See, in Rome, they collected taxes in three major cities. It was Capernaum, Jericho, and Jerusalem. And and Zacchaeus was a chief tax collector in one of the big three. And so what would happen is a chief tax collector, Zacchaeus was head of the tax farming corporation. That's what was around that area. And collectors served under him. So he was the chief and he had people that would go out. He would come to your land and he would tell you what the tax was going to be. Whatever Rome said, they tacked on more that they would collect, that they would begin passing that on to Zacchaeus. So they collected more than Rome demanded and Rome didn't care as long as they got their share. And so in fact, Zacchaeus We could look at him, he is kind of the kingpin of the Jericho tax cartel. And he would have been one that he was known because he was this tax collector. But a tax collector in this time, you would have been despised by many because of your lack of integrity. 
They were not known as people that lived their lives sacrificing for other people and for the benefit of other people. No, they lived for themselves and their wealth was at someone else's expense. So they were greatly despised by everyone around them. They were in fact social outcasts. And at the top of that list sits this man named Zacchaeus. So he's despised, he's hated, he's a social outcast on every level. And look at what it says in verse 3. And he was seeking to see who Jesus was, but on account of the crowd he could not, because he was small in stature. So Zacchaeus has another problem, and that is that he's short. But in this verse, we see something that should pique our interest, that Zacchaeus wanted to see who Jesus was. Now, why would Jesus, why, why would Zacchaeus want to see who this Jesus was? He's a social outcast. Nobody wants to have anything to do. Why would he want to see who Jesus was? I, I don't know. Maybe, speculating, maybe he had known or known of Levi. Levi was also a tax collector that was now following Jesus. Maybe this intrigued and, and Zacchaeus was curious about that. What would make a man give up all the financial wealth to follow this poor man that never knew where he was going to spend the money? Maybe he was also worried that more people were going to follow after this Jesus and he was going to lose some other tax collectors underneath him. I don't know, maybe... Zacchaeus found his wealth and lifestyle unsatisfying. Man, he saw that nothing lasted. Maybe Zacchaeus could have had everything and anything he wanted, but like Solomon, he tried it, and it left him empty and unsatisfied. And so maybe he's coming to see if, if he can really find something that's going to satisfy him in this man Jesus. I don't know, maybe Zacchaeus, maybe he was weary. Maybe he was tired of being hated and despised by everyone. Maybe he was just tired of being a social outcast. And, man, he was really wanting to be accepted and loved, even if it meant following this small group of band of brothers that traveled from town to town. Maybe he thought, maybe they'll accept me. Well, now the story takes a twist. Look at verse 4. So he ran ahead, and he climbed up in this sycamore tree to see him to see Jesus for he was about to pass that way now Zacchaeus is a very very rich man probably owns a large estate probably has servants probably wore the finest of clothes and we see this man now climbing up into a tree like a child now don't lose the impact of this scene because Zacchaeus lived his entire life at the ridicule of others. He was short, probably made fun of often. He's the despised tax collector. He was probably avoided and scoffed at all the time. And now he does probably the most undignified action he has ever done in his life. He climbs up in a tree like a child. Now, why would a man do that if he probably lived his life always in that eye of other people and he does something that's completely undignified of climbing up into a tree? So this picture is this tiny, rejected man sitting alone 
hidden in order to get a glimpse of this Jesus that was going to pass by. Now, I believe he sneaks actually behind a tree and he wants to climb up so that no one sees him. I believe he's trying to find a place that he can hide, that he just wants to see who is this Jesus. I believe he's trying to remain hidden from the crowds. But what I realize in this story is that his desire to see who Jesus was was now greater than his desire to not look foolish to other people. He was willing to look foolish in order to see Jesus. And that was worth the risk. You know, sometimes for us, following Jesus... It just might be us willing to be able to look foolish in other people's eyes. In fact, I would say we should actually look foolish to people at times. They might look at us. They might see the way we're following Jesus. And they would say, why do you spend your time like that? I mean, why, why do you get up early on a Sunday morning when it's raining to go sit Sing some songs, talk to some people, sit and listen to a guy talk. I mean, why, why do you even spend your time going and ringing a bell? Or why do you spend your time going to serve other people? Why do you even do that? I mean, we should look foolish at times. We should look foolish sometimes in how we spend your money. That you're going to forego something so that you can give to other people. Man, people would say, you mean you're not going to go on, on that trip just so you can go on a mission trip to go into some place that's hot? And, man, you're actually going to have to work and when you could just go sit on the beach and have somebody bring you drinks? I mean, why would you do that? In fact, we should look foolish sometimes. But here comes the moment that everything changes for our man Zacchaeus. Look at verse 5. So he's up this tree, this tiny man is hiding in this tree, doing something completely foolish, undignified. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and he said to him, Zacchaeus, hurry and come down, for I must stay at your house today. When Jesus stopped by that sycamore tree, hidden Zacchaeus would have naturally tensed. Maybe even begin to sweat. And then I believe sheer terror gripped his soul as Jesus. And now the crowd is looking up and see this wealthy man hanging in a tree. But notice what Jesus does. Jesus calls him by name. Jesus knows exactly who Zacchaeus is. And he tells Zacchaeus to hurry down. And then the words that shook everyone, including Zacchaeus. He says, I must stay at your house today. Jesus doesn't say, I would like to come and stay at your house. He says, I must stay at your house. And what that is saying to us, that Jesus is saying that this is a divine mission for him. That the crossing of their lives at the sycamore tree was the work of a divine providence. That this meeting underneath the shade of this sycamore tree in Jericho was, or, was ordained by God but for the foundations of the world. And Jesus knows it. It says today. Today is a day that I must go to your house. This is why I am here. 
And notice Zacchaeus' response in verse 6. So he hurried, and he came down, and he received him joyfully. Now, when you truly meet Jesus, the only correct response is joy. And Zacchaeus, in that moment, has forgotten all the hate that others had had for them. He has looked past all the rejection that he has endured. And all he could see beneath him was loving acceptance. And probably for the very first time in his life. But when people looked at Zacchaeus, they only saw a wealthy man who did not care about others. But Jesus... He sees a bankrupt sinner who needs to receive God's gift of eternal life, the most expensive gift the world has ever known. And so when this meeting happens, everything changes for Zacchaeus, and we get to see it. Look at verses 7 and 8. And when they saw it, what did they see? They, They saw this relationship begin between Jesus and Zacchaeus. They all grumbled. He has gone to be the guest of a man who is a sinner. And I want you to know I'm about to show you they have it all wrong. He's not about to go to be a guest. And Zacchaeus stood and he said to the Lord, Behold, Lord, the half of my goods I give to the poor. And if I have defrauded anyone of anything, I'm going to restore it four times that amount. So Jesus goes into Zacchaeus' home. And you could probably hear the people gasping because to come into someone's home and to eat with them was to fully lock arms and to unite yourself with them. Because during this time, the evening meal was the center of the family. It was at the end of your day. It was the longest meal of the day. You had spent your time preparing it. The family would sit down. They would pray. They would eat. They would drink. Until it was time to go to bed. And it was the center of that family's activity. And Jesus was inviting himself into the center of Zacchaeus' life. And was uniting himself with a sinner that everyone despised. And so when Jesus comes into the center of Zacchaeus' life, everything changes. Pulls out his pocketbook. He says, 50% of everything I have is no longer mine. He says, anyone that I have defrauded, I'm going to pay them back four times the amount. So Jesus was not going to be a guest in Zacchaeus' home. No, Zacchaeus actually became a guest in his own home because Jesus was now his master. And what we see, he was ready to follow Jesus and do whatever was necessary So that others could see who was his master. He was doing this to set a testimony to show people, listen, I know who you think I was. But I want to show you who I am now. So I want to pause and I want to give all of us a challenge at Christmas. At Christmas, it's a time, and my family does, we purchase and we give gifts. But even in our purchasing of gifts and giving of gifts, it should reflect who is our master. So we need to ask, do my actions at Christmas really show my children and my grandchildren what is most important to me? I'm not saying don't buy a gift. Don't do that. But make sure they know 
that yes, I'm giving you this gift because I love you, but there is a greater gift. There is something that is more important to me than giving and receiving gifts, and his name is Jesus because he is the master of my home. Make sure we are driving that point home during this season. So Zacchaeus, he embraces Jesus. But do you notice what Jesus doesn't do? Jesus meets this bankrupt sinner who was wealthy beyond measure. But when he sits down in Zacchaeus' home, Jesus never mentions money. He never mentions it. He never mentions the most important, the thing that is controlling Zacchaeus' life. And he never mentions it. You know what I, why I think that is? It's because he doesn't have to. Because when Zacchaeus embraces Jesus, the most important thing to him, his money, falls out of his hands because it has already fallen out of his heart. And we get to see that. Jesus comes in and what was most important to him easily falls away because it's already fallen out of his heart. And Zacchaeus' actions of giving to the poor and giving back those that that he has defrauded did not save him. And make sure we know that. But it's evidence of what we read in the last two verses. Look at 9 and 10. And Jesus, he said to Zacchaeus, Today, Today, salvation has come to this house, since he is also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man came to seek and to save the lost. See, Zacchaeus' actions didn't save him, but they're evidence of a, a relationship that has now been started. A little man has now become a big man, accepted by God by the giving of the tax collector, what he thought was the most important thing to him was now he had found wholeness and satisfaction in something totally different. So this little man has come to be a big man because he is now accepted by God. The drive for money, guess what? It's now gone. He no longer needed his wealth. And instead of the passion to get, he now has a passion to give. He went into his house, the littlest man in Jericho. And he now gets to leave the biggest man in town. All because the Son of Man, Jesus, has sought him out. So what, what's, what's the point of the story of Zacchaeus? The story of Zacchaeus is not about a wee little man that climbs up into a sycamore tree to get a better look of Jesus. The point of the story is that Jesus, the Son of Man, has now come into the world to seek and to save the lost. And so today we sit in between two Advents. There's the coming of Jesus and a baby that we look forward to to celebrate at Christmas that we believe has already happened. And we look forward to the coming of the second coming of Jesus when he will be coming as the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords to call his bride home. But there is something unique about Zacchaeus. You know, the two men that encountered Jesus before Zacchaeus were a blind beggar and a rich man. Zacchaeus follows the healing of this blind man. And what we see is a man who had never been able to see and was at the mercy of others to even survive as he begged for food. 
In Zacchaeus, we see a man who was blinded by his own greed and wealth. But when he meets Jesus, just like the blind beggar, he begins to see clearly for the very first time. Zacchaeus also follows a man that is so controlled by his wealth that he walks away from the one that holds all the wealth of the world in his hands. Zacchaeus was once controlled by that same wealth as that rich young ruler. But what we see for the very first time is the camel walking through the eye of the needle. So today we find ourselves in between two advents and two major holidays. But more importantly, we find ourselves in between the two comings of Jesus. Of over 2,000 years ago, God the Father sent His only Son, born of a virgin, in the manger of Bethlehem. And God did this because what we see in Zacchaeus, that God was sending His Son as a child to seek and to save the lost. That you and I, we are Zacchaeus. We are nothing more than bankrupt sinners in need of someone to help us clearly see for the very first time and the need of someone that can pass through the eye of the needle for us. So I have two questions. Is God seeking you like he did Zacchaeus? If so, you know what will happen? You'll have an, an inner unease. Nothing's going to satisfy. You're really not comfortable. You lack a wholeness. You lack a clear conscience. And you lack peace. And if this is you, you're at the sycamore tree. And he is saying, come down. I want to dine with you. I am the son of man. I died for you. Come down. But I know what we often think, we often say, but, but I'm, I'm too small. If you only knew my heart, you wouldn't say that to me. But Jesus says, listen, I will give you a new heart, a big heart. Come to me. So the invitation would be, will you come to him today? But if you have met Jesus, will he be the center of your life this Christmas season? Because between the two advents, we see this. In between the two advents is really every story is Zacchaeus' story. A story that the Son of Man has come to seek and to save the lost. And that's what we come for. That's why we celebrate. That is why we sing. That is why we gather as God's people. And this Christmas season, like none before, I hope that we will focus that the Son of Man has come to seek and to save the lost. Thanks again for listening to the podcast today. We hope that you were blessed and encouraged. And if you have any questions or comments, we want you to let us know. Simply send your thoughts to questions at Bethelbible.com. Thanks for spending time with us and be sure to join us next week on the Bethel Bible Podcast.